Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And if you're listening for the first time, this is the best podcast for publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And we've been doing a lot of great ones and we've done a couple of bad ones. I keep saying that. We're going to do more bad ones, I swear, people. We're going to get you to love bad movies. Yes. Except it's an acquired taste. (laughs) It is an acquired taste you will acquire. Forcibly. (laughs) You will acquire. (laughs) Anyway, so we went on a on an impromptu family vacation over the weekend, and that was really good. So we're actually recording today on Monday instead of the usual Tuesday. I'm not sure why we're doing it early. Maybe just... Get it done. Yeah, get it done. And um, yeah, we watched Strictly Ballroom this, this time. It is a great movie. If you've never seen it, it's very... Lots of flair and lots of show and lots of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Those are words you could use to describe it, of course. <laughs> Peacock and... Peacock, yes. Lots of feathers and bright people. Uh, yes. <laughs> Flamboyant. Fest. Flamboyant is a great word. Okay. Flamboyant's a great word. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they crank that up to 11 on this one. 11 out of 5. Out of yeah, or 5 even, yes. <laughs> okay, so our schedule is Strictly Ballroom, and then we're going to do So Undercover. That's going to be the last week of September, and then we'll probably do our marketing episode the first week of October. And then we're doing The Martian, and my brother Josh is going to be our guest on that. And then we have a short episode. We might actually do The Martian earlier because I don't want to have two guests in one month. Anyway, then we're going to do a short episode the the week of the 15th or whatever of October because that's the week I'll be down, we'll be going down to Las Vegas for the Business Masterclass. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah. That Dean Wesley Smith puts on. And then the week after that, we'll also be down there. So we'll probably one of those will be doing a short episode and one of them won't be. And then soon after that, we're going to do Throw Mama from the Train as requested by Kevin J. Anderson, who will be our guest. Kevin and I were at the masterclass in October last year. Anyway, um, yeah, so we'll be doing Throw Mama from the Train at some point. And that's one that I haven't seen since I was a kid. It was one of my grandpa's favorite movies. And it's very quirky and very odd. And Nolan has never seen it, right? I have never seen it. Yeah, it's so weird. Finding a movie that you've never seen. What, you, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you watch a lot of movies. Do I? I watch a lot of movies, but I do a lot of repeat movies. And so, uh, anyway. No, there's actually been a lot of movies that I've introduced you to. There's been a lot you've introduced me to. You introduced me to Gamera. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you'll have to pardon the background noise. There are noisy children playing. Our toddler's taking a nap right now. He's almost three. I can't call him a toddler much longer. But our toddler's taking a nap, and so we decided to record, and our five-year-old has friends running in and out of the house, and we've asked them multiple times to be quiet. Anyway, we'll see how that goes, right? Nolan? <laughs> Nolan's already doing the neck throttle position. <laughs> yes. Okay, so do you want to give us the quote for this week? Do not follow the path where the path may lead. Go instead where the path... There is no path and leave a trail. That didn't go very well for me. Let's try that again. Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson. That's a good quote. Why'd you pick it? Because it was next and I have a point to make. It wasn't actually next. It was adjacent to the last one. Oh, I was going to say, you skipped this whole one right here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, what's your point? It's part of the discussion. Oh, for the movie? Yeah. Okay. Let me read the quote because I didn't actually read it before you... Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And that is very much applicable to this movie. That's a good quote. 
So that's, that's something that's really hard to tell though, because, you know, it's really hard as an author to know where you're going to have success in an area that has no, no, no path has been. Yeah, exactly. Cause Stephanie Meyer had a lot of success. She wasn't obviously a vampire. She didn't invent vampire, but she did recreate the vampire human love, you know, interest where, and especially the vampire that's a vegetarian. And she predicted that mermaids would be the next big thing. And guess what? She was wrong. She was wrong. And it's really, I mean, it's that happened, you know, publishers actually agreed with her and there were a few uh, mermaid books that got published, but it never really went on anywhere. There's no danger. So who cares? There's no danger. Yeah. Mermaids are dangerous. They should be and could be, but they're not known for being. No, they no modern. I mean, the way people take it in in our times is they're not dangerous, but the way they've always been is they've always been dangerous, which makes it interesting. I'm uh, not saying they, they could have been good books and been very interesting. They wouldn't be good as a paranormal romance, I don't think. Um, I guess, though, this, you know, a mermaid is just as dangerous as a vampire, probably not as dangerous. But, you know, so a romance there would be interesting, but not interesting to me. I'm not interested in writing, reading but about mermaids. The market said it wasn't interesting. So. Yeah, exactly. And we go by what the market says generally. Well, the market does anyway. Okay, so the tip for today is a continuation of editors, and we're going to talk about the cost of a project. And I remember when we first started out, this was very, very convoluted. It was hard to know because there wasn't a whole lot of information because most people went the traditional route back then. And people were the people who knew how much it cost didn't talk. You know, it's not like they were trying not to talk. It was just they didn't talk. They didn't see a need, maybe. Anyway, so, so it depends on your level of experience as a writer. If you're new, expect to pay around $3 a page. And so a page is traditional standards by New York is 250 words per page, double spaced, and they average it out pretty much. So you'll have a heavy page that's a page full of heavy description, and that will cost you more than a page that's full of, of um, dialogue. So it's not per page. I mean... That that was something that really bothered me about the one editor that we fired. She went by 250 per page, words per page, and I never, I'm at that point, I didn't have ever, very rarely had a page that was only 250 words. Most of them were 300, and so I ended up paying her more than the pages. My current editor goes by page, not by word. So, and then avoid paying more than that because you can always find experienced editors in the two dollars per three and two dollars to three dollars per page per per page price range. So if you're chart if you're paying something like four or five dollars, you better be getting a brand new book out of it. I mean, I know that there are editors who do developmental and everything, but to me, I just don't I don't know. Like I know that there's a boost in your skills and confidence, but I wouldn't do it more than one book because that's that's the sort of thing you're gonna be learning. And I know it's a shortcut possibly, but if you're not learning it and not applying it, then it's not gonna be worth the money. And if you've been writing and publishing books for a while and your beta readers don't often find mistakes expected to cost around $2 a page. So remember, it's expensive doesn't always equate with good. And don't, you know, if, if you're paying for or if you're paying so much or paying too much for editing, then find another editor unless you really like the one that you're working with. And I mean, I'm 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 good with putting a relationship ahead. If it's a good, good relationship and the editor's excellent, then, you know, anyway, any comments? No, I don't know much about editors. Well, you know one editor pretty well. I don't know much about editing. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I was... We watched the movie and we're done. <laughs> we watched it. I mean, I, if you guys are expecting us to discuss it... <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the movie Strictly Ballroom. 
What was your first impression of this movie when I first forced you? No, you watched it before me, right? Once, I think, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yes, that, that is quite... I did because, you know, I was older when I watched it for the first time. I was older. Were you? It's been, yeah, within like, like 10 years. Nice. It is It is a, uh, a confusing movie. I wouldn't say confusing. It's very stylized. And it goes fast, like things happen quickly. It jumps around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's like lots of asides. Yeah. And like it opens with like a frame narrative mm-hmm. that it doesn't close. Yeah. Um, which, which doesn't bother me. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't. It's not really like a frame narrative, I guess. But it starts out with like interview style. Like interview style. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like they should have closed with it, interviewing the two of them at the end. No, oh, I I think that would have been boring. <laughs> oh. I don't like I don't I don't like the interview format. I mean, I I liked the way they did it in this movie because it's like she like starts out composed and by the end because they've got brief snippets of dancing versus with the mom right being interviewed and by the last interview snippet she's sobbing and it's I mean, it's comedic and that's the only reason I'm okay with it. Otherwise, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And they're talking so like. Everything's tied up in this ballroom dancing yes. scene. They're obsessed with it. Um, and it's very low stakes. And that's what part of what makes it hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, high stakes for them because they put a lot of money and time into it. But I mean, most of the people involved Overall, in the have other world. jobs. Yeah, it's true. Like one guy's a mechanic. One guy sells... Uh, spas. Yeah, hot tubs. And he's and like the best dancer they have, supposedly. And he has a you know full-time a job. And a drinking problem. Yeah. And... Um, Oh, well, yeah, what the last champion retires uh, to work on his lands to put more time into his landscaping business. That's and... right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. They're the only ones that do it like full time. You mean um, Shirley and what's. Yeah, they, they run a dance. Doug school. and Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. So they're highly, heavily invested in it. Mm-hmm. But so is everyone else, like emotionally. They're way, it's like, way emotionally in yeah, this. Like, so like when so you if you're even seen dancing with someone that's not your partner, it's like you're cheating on a spouse. In, infidelity. Yeah. Even if it's ca- like casual. Yeah, it, and <laughs> it's, it's like, so funny. Like they're just so they're ridiculously serious. And every when I'm watching this movie, I'm like I I can understand, it, it's but a, I yeah, it's a melodrama. Yeah. Every everything is just like crazy. The crazy. costumes, the hairdos. Yeah, their emotional state. Yeah. On everything is just life or death. Every decision is life or death. No yeah, matter how. Pretty much. Uh, how unimportant it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but it's a it's a pretty standard in terms of plot, a, a, a romantic a romantic comedy comedy. Uh, I would say the comedy isn't like one liners. No, it's, it's the situational tone and, tone and yeah, yeah, and the kind of absurdity of absurdist yeah. yes uh, quality of everything. Mm-hmm. But it is a romantic comedy where there's you know. Um, you know, two people and like she's got a crush on him and he doesn't notice her. And then she she works really hard and he notices her and they get together mm-hmm. and then there's a falling out and then they mm-hmm. overcome it and get yeah. together. Yeah. So. And I would have to say that the characters with the most growth would be Doug and Shirley, his parents. His parents have a lot. I mean, but the main characters have some. Fran and Scott both have like Scott is he has quite a bit of character growth because he wants to dance his own steps. They see they have these Federation approved steps that they can dance and Scott wants to do his own thing. And he goes he waffles on that like he really wants to do it. But then he keeps backing away from it based on things that people put to him. And then finally, he 
becomes a whole person basically and is able to do what he wants to do regardless of what people his the authority figures want him to do yes. so that's quite a bit of growth and fran she goes from being you know like this unimportant person to putting down her own will and making herself heard and known as well Mm-hmm. There's a lot of growth in this show, I would say. It's very good. Uh, I mean, the main characters, a lot of the secondary characters, even his old dance partner that he rejects. It has some growth. Has a yeah. change of heart. I mean, not like huge, but at least they they like recognize yeah. things aren't the way they should She's be. She's pretty pivotal, but at the end there, you know? Yeah. And like uh, his friend Wayne, mm-hmm. the, the two redheads, you know? Yes. Like they're against, you know, they're willing to kind of to sell him out a mm-hmm. little. Like they set up something, you know, like some... What I'm trying to say, some backhanded sorts of things going on, mm-hmm. you know, rigging the rigging the contest, you know, and then Wayne doesn't do that. That's what he set up something else. He, he did. He he arranged for something for Barry, right? But for Barry, who's the big bad guy, who's yeah. fixing everything. Uh, he didn't realize the extent to which Barry was messing with things, and when he mm-hmm. finds out, he he tries to write it. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, there's. I mean, my favorite growth though is Doug and Shirley because. Shirley's horrible to him, absolutely horrible to Doug, and you find out Doug is not what you what you think. I mean, he's abused and squashed down as a man basically through the whole movie, and then finally at the end he puts his foot down and yeah, it, that's the main character's dad, yeah, who also wanted to dance his own steps, and he didn't, he never backed down from it, and so Shirley dances with someone else instead because mm-hmm. she thought they would lose if they danced their own steps, but and she they lost anyway. anyway. And so that she betrayed him and lost. But they, and it was so crazy because her whole premise, the whole reason she wanted to win was because her credibility, she wanted to be able to have a dance um, a class, student, yeah, right. a dance studio. And she's like, if we lose, we won't be able to do it. And they lose anyway. And but they, they have still a dance do studio it. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. so Doug is like, you should have stayed by my side. You know, that's the point he makes to her is like, we sh- you should have st- stayed by my side and danced with me. And she, at the end, she recognizes that. And so, mm-hmm. and they, they overcome this huge barrier that they've had between them for years and years. And I, I love Doug's character. Like I'm, I, I love his character growth, not, not what she's made him to be, you know, where he can't stand up to her. He can't be his own person. But at the end, when he finally is like, you have, he's talking to Scott, he's like, you have to listen to me, you know? Right. I love that. And Fran is basically the ugly duckling story. You know, she goes at the beginning of the movie. She's they they actually painted pimples on her. Yes. And she wore huge ugly glasses and her hair was always very unkempt. And the clothes she wore, as Nolan said, looked like they belong on a couch in an old lady's house. Yes. (laughs) Heavily, heavy floral Mm -hmm. or like big old ugly T-shirt. And yeah. things like that. And but by the end of the movie, she's acceptable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Someone doesn't think she's very attractive at all. Well, I still think she could have been wearing... I mean, okay, Scott wears more makeup than she does. It is not a lie. That is not a lie. <laughs> He's like got eyeshadow on. I mean, it's not bright. It's like neutral, but an eyeliner and she doesn't have any of that, you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's wearing a ton of makeup and that was the best they could get her to look. Oh, sad. That's really harsh of me. I take that My goodness. Back. <laughs> I think I think Fran is attractive. Um, she's I think Scott's a little bit more attractive though. Looking at their pictures now, she won. She's she went downhill a little bit too, yeah. but not as much as he did. Like thirty years later or something. So yeah, this was done in nineteen ninety two. So that long ago, my heavens! I know, isn't that crazy? Anyway, so yeah, so uh, he looks like a very. <laughs> bald oh now middle-aged yeah now, yeah no he looks like a normal middle-aged guy he, not somebody like you would see 50 as the pounds overweight not yeah. the not the lead of a romantic comedy yeah 
Which, by the way, I did have a crush on him when this when I saw this movie as he's, he's a teenager. He's Australian. He's handsome. He's got a cute accent. Except oh, when he tries to speak Spanish, I'm like, dude, stop, please. You sound horrible. <laughs> His accent is really bad. And that's the other. Um, so usually in romantic comedies, two people come from different worlds or different. Very different worlds and, and have to reconcile. And yeah, so she's um, like. Her parents are Spanish immigrants in Australia. Yeah. Her so mom's dead. Right. So she's from there. I mean, she was born there, I guess, because yeah. she does, she has no accent. Yeah. Um, she's pretty... She's got the cli- the cultural stuff down. Right. But her family is very Spanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the steps they learn are... Spanish, Spanish steps. And they're dancing a Latin dance competition, but they're, they're ballroom Latin dance steps not not yeah like legit we just came from spain and her family's very pro dancing and so she takes dance classes you know from the studio and her dad's a dancer and her grandma's a dancer and and her dad is my hero her dad is amazing um yeah so like dance is heavily involved but it's this very different not not as i mean i don't say it's not formal it differently yeah it's i want to i don't want to say it's not formalized because it's very formalized yeah it's a very it's a different kind of specific. passion exactly instead of these um derived mm-hmm. ballroom steps yeah that where you all dance like twirl in a circle and do your dance yeah. while people look at you yeah that's not where it came from yeah you know they just dance mm-hmm. they don't have like that format yeah exactly so it's more of well i don't want to say a formatting thing but i mean that's you know one's derived mm-hmm. and kind of watered down yeah. And when it, when they do their, their uh, pasta doble. <laughs> the, the pasta doble. Do that, do bailes the, to, the pasta doble? <laughs> yeah. And he's they like, laugh. yeah, they yeah. And the at. guy laughs. Uh, he's like, come, show me. Show me. Muestro me. And they, they, they laugh because it's Ridiculous. apparently bad. <laughs> well, it looks silly. Anyway, I mean, not bad, bad, but I mean, compared to what they could be doing. Exactly. And then when, when he dances it and he shows it, we're, you know. Yeah, he gets mad at him and, and like the dad just stares at him like. And Scott's just, like, you then you think you can do better? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, he just slowly st- stares at him and stands up and then like they start the music. And, he, and then you've got this yodeler or whatever in the background, the guy. Yeah. What is that dramatic scene? I don't even know what it's called. I don't know, but it's awesome. It and is. Then it's a great scene. Makes him look stupid. Yes, makes who look stupid. Uh, Scott, the main yeah. guy, was like, oh, you thought you didn't have anything to learn because he's at the peak of his game right now, right? He's he's bored with everything. That's why he wants to explore his own steps in the first place. Scott is, like, is bored. Well, I mean, there's no there's no room for growth. Like, they have to do everything the exact same. And yeah, that's so, what they and, like. They like and tradition. And he, could, he could win this year's competition. He's not, he's not liking that the... Um, yeah. Well, he could win the competition, but he's not. But he doesn't he's not care. Happy. He's not. He. Uh, yeah. Exactly. He's like, I don't. I don't. Wa- I don't want to win. You know. Yeah. He doesn't care about it because it's easy. He's like, I could just do it, but who cares? Because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's not a exactly. challenge. Exactly. And so he's presented with a challenge, and he's like, Wow, this is really great. Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 stretching him and introducing him to a different culture and everything. And that brings our two protagonists together as well. Hmm. Um. And then, of course, there's a falling out mm-hmm. where um, they, the bad guy tries to guilt him into doing the Barry step. Fife is the bad guy. The he's boring the Federation steps. president. Yeah, he's like, do it for your dad, basically. And so he... And they lie to him. And, and they lie to him. And so he does it. And so he breaks up with Fran and goes back to his original partner. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't do it for a bad reason. He thought he was doing it for his father. Yeah. And... He finds that his father's like, no, that's not what happened. You know, there was something that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they lied to him. 
about it and he's like that's not what happened at all this is what happened he's like well they lied to scott about it or to his dad so like they set him up anyys right Mm -hmm. because they even if he did dance his own steps what's his face i can't the bad guy barry barry had it set up so they lose anyway yeah exactly just like this is basically what he did 30 or 20 years ago or whatever yeah to his parents Mm -hmm. so it's the same scenario over again yep but this time they say he says screw it and then they ends up dancing with fran Mm -hmm. uh in in spite of everything Mm mm-hmm and I don't know if they win or not. It doesn't really matter. No, it I guess. doesn't matter at that point. Um, but everybody loves it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, his parents reconcile and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So inciting incident. I I think it's Fran getting Scott to dance with her because this is a romance. So the inciting incident for the romance. Is that it? Or is it Scott saying he won't? Well, he's been. Because Scott says, I'm not going to dance. And then his partner breaks up with him. And then that's why he gets Fran. Yeah, but I have to think about that. Because it's Scott's decision decision that lets Fran's foot in the door, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, she could have probably gotten her foot in the door anyway, because, I mean, if her his partner still danced with him, but our five-year-old just came in, so I don't know where we were going. But inciting incident, okay, so the inciting incident then in that case is probably, I mean, it's the very start of the movie. It's the very opening scene then. The inciting incident, because that's when his mom is like sobbing and he insists well, yeah. on dancing his own steps. I mean, that's the reaction to him doing it, though. Well, I guess. Well, because he actually does dance his own steps at one of the earlier competitions. Yeah. And then that causes a big problem. And um, his partner's like, what on earth are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, really fast. We haven't talked about the trifill cycle. This is a fantastic example of the trifill cycle. And I actually went through and there are three chances for him to dance with Fran in public. The first is regional and he backs out. The second was the first dance, the Grand Prix and he backs out. The second one is the Latin Latin final at the Grand Prix. And he finally right at the very last minute says no to Liz or whatever and goes and grabs Fran. So it's two fells and one, one success. And I like that. I like, I like good solid tri-fail cycles. That's good. Yeah. And things that worked for me, his parents' relationship, Fran's dad, my favorite character in the whole movie. And, um, oh, a little funny thing. The last time we watched this movie, which we've watched this movie twice for the podcast, actually. We watched it about a month or two ago. And my five-year, our five-year-old made daddy dance with her. She usually does. (laughs) And she said, are we dancing like them? And Nolan said, we're doing the best we can. She's so she's so cute. She loves dancing movies. And she said that again today, didn't she? Yes. I love dancing movies. Uh, something that I, I notice, like character-wise, Fran and her family are very forgiving. Because she, he, like, turns her down. I mean, he, you know, and the, the family does not hate him for it, you know? And a lot of the Spanish families I know, well, a lot of families, period, I know, would not have been okay with that. You know, the dad would have said, no, you don't get a dance with her when he ran out at the Grand Prix. You know, it's like, hey, do you want to dance still? You know, so I liked that. Well, I think he was supporting his daughter. Yeah, that's what she she wanted to to do. And they did work together quite a bit. Him and her dad, you know, he did a lot of training to help him learn the Paso Doble. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's see. Would you like to... uh, Should we go on to trivia? Uh, Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. So back to the quote. Not just dancing your own steps, but they they have a a couple good twists because there's a... um, he gets offered to dance with the previous champions. Oh, and, she's like the big star of the, you know. Yeah, and he turns Tina. it down. Yeah, and he almost makes the choice not to, mm-hmm. but then he actually sticks with her. And I sticks with Fran. Or? With Fran. Okay. And that was a 
uh, the point where one of the first time I thought it, I thought he was going to go for it. Go for Cause, what? Cause, to, to dump her then. Oh, and to go dump Fran and go with Tina. Right. Because yeah. I thought that, because like just how they had it set up with like everyone pressuring him. Yeah. I thought that that would be the point where they he betrays her. Yeah. And then they get back together later, obviously. Yeah. You know, but I thought that was the point, but it's not. It's later. Yeah. It's actually, so they tricked me. Yeah. That's good. And I, I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Because they still followed the structure of the story, mm-hmm. but not the timing I expected. Exactly. But it was still very plausible. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they threw me for a loop, which well, is they, always good. They up the ante. You they know? did up the ante. Like I thought that like, was the this ante. isn't going to work. This pressure, social pressure. We're going to use the family em- emotional pressure. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they're like, well, then you you know you want to win the competition, don't you? And then they offer him a way to easily win it. You know, and mm-hmm. get back, and then he doesn't take it. And yep. It's not until like they. You know, do it for your dad thing. Yeah. Um, and your family. Yeah. That, the and pressure worked and, I mean, him. that's huge because his dad is, he loves his dad. He hates the way his mom treats his dad. And he wants to make his dad happy. He right. wants to please his dad. And so it's a really, it's it's a jerk thing to do. They're right. Like, they found know. the pressure point. Yeah. That, that the thing that made him mm-hmm. manipulated him. You exactly. know, they tried this one, one, two, and that's another trifail cycle. Like, I mean, it's related, but it's the other part where they, they offer him this and he doesn't do it. And they offer him this. And then the last time. He goes for it. You know, he mm-hmm. takes the bait. Mm-hmm. So that's their try-fail cycle Yeah, on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, actually. And that's something that when we go, we go and talk to the students of the local elementary school. And I always talk about the try-fail cycle. I'm probably not going to this year just because I've done it every year for the last four years. But I like the bad guy has a try-fail cycle, too. And not every story does that. But this one does. And that's good, you know. Because their trifecta cycle happens, you know, it's counter. It, it is. And it's plausible and believable. Everybody's trying and failing. But, you know, in the end, everybody wins except Barry Five. Yes. And he loses his toupee. It looks least, better he without it. He at least it. loses his toupee. Yes. There's a win right there. <laughs> All right. Um, trivia? Yes, go for it. Okay. So the first scene, that whole... The, um, the dancing and the interview, all of that was seen at a real dance competition during the one-hour lunch break. And Paul Merc- Mercurio, is that his name or how you say it? He's the, he's Scott, and he, but he danced the final sequence with a sprained ankle. Ouch. Yeah. Having had sprained ankles, it had, couldn't have possibly have been a severe sprained ankle because my severe sprained ankles are me screaming and writhing in pain and unable to walk for two weeks. <laughs> but still, sprained ankles are painful. And Tara Maurice, I don't know if I don't know if I wrote her name down right. I can't read my handwriting. Anyway, Tara is the main is the main actress, Fran. She did the stage version of Fran, and they almost didn't cast her for the movie because she's not actually a dancer. Oh. Isn't that weird? She looks like she's a dancer. She's a singer. She is a singer. That's actually one of my little bits of um where is it in here? One of my bits of of um Trivia. Trivia. She in the the love is in the air. No, what is the name of the song? She sings time after time. She's the female part of the song time after time in this movie, which you know, good for her, right? And I already said that she they painted pimples on her face for the early scenes. That's so humiliating. But at least she doesn't have them in real life. I think it'd be more humiliating to pick an actress who has pimples and then cover them up for the attractive stuff. The most expensive shot in the movie is the train scene when they're at her parents' house and the train, they paid the train to run by twice during that scene. And that's a good scene. It's when they learn the pas doble and mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's impactful. There's lots of power because they're dancing while the train goes by and it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. And this is something I did not know. This is a part of a, of a romance trilogy. Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge were the two other two movies. 
And this is the only one of the three that didn't get an Oscar nomination. And I hate Moulin Rouge. I think it's a horrible movie. No offense to people. I'm sure I just offended half our audience. <laughs> but I'm like, this one was so much better. Why didn't it get in? Because Moulin Rouge is more fills than this one, I think. I suppose. Yeah. You've seen Moulin Rouge, have you? Uh, I th- Parts not, of it. Yeah. Not- no, I, I was like, um, this is not for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not opposed to musicals. I just... Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, this is not- no original music in it, and it's just it's weird. It feels like an acid trip. Yeah, sort of like this movie, but more. Yeah, because this this on is by steroids. the same director. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, this is by the director of Moulin Rouge, but um, it's I don't know a little more grounded than that one. It's yeah, not my style. And that one's more of a tragedy, which is weird because Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge are both tragedies, and then this, this one's, this one's not, a not a tragedy. It doesn't she even fit the other one. Should have been hit by the train. Oh, jeez. And then it would have been a tragedy, and then he would have gotten an Oscar nomination. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whatever. I just fixed the movie. No, you did not. You just ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the actress for Scott's mom, Pat Thompson, died of cancer before the film's premiere. Oh, sad. Yeah, really sad. She was 51. Even she passed sadder. away. Yeah, really young. And... Um, let's see, his jacket is the most expensive costume, and it took over six weeks to make, and some of the ornaments were imported from Spain. Yeah, it's a uh, very gold. Flamboyant. Yes, uh, it is. I, I love it, actually. It's great. No, it's great. It's a great piece of costume. And Paul Mercurio and Fran's dad are professional dancers, and Paul actually did ballet, and he had to do a six-week, very, very intensive boot camp training to learn about ba- um, um, ballroom dancing. So I'm like, he's got it in him, obviously, because he looked, I mean, he did very well. I'm wondering if some of those scenes where he's doing the Paso Doble, where his feet are moving fast, if that's actually Fran's dad, because that's what Fran's dad does, is that kind of dancing. And Nolan liked this Antonio Vargas, who is Fran's dad. He wears his own clothes in the whole movie. Everything he wears is his own clothing. If I could dress like that every day, I would do it. <laughs> I love I love the way he dresses. It's so, it's, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, he is. wears polka dots. Yeah, at one point, uh-huh. <laughs> it's black with white polka dots. Yeah, but it's like serious looking. It's not. Yeah, it's serious looking. It's not like little baby cute with strawberry in the butt like your niece wore last week. Yeah, yeah, which was really cute. By strawberry the way. on the butt or in the butt? On the butt. Oh, I thought you said in the butt. Strawberry <laughs> in the butt. I was like, uh... is that appropriate? No, it, she has this cute little polka dot outfit where she's got a strawberry right on the butt, you know, on the onesie, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Anyway, the the polka dots actually look legit on him. Yeah, he looks serious even when he's wearing polka dots. And he wears mostly black and gray, so... Yeah. And, um, okay, so this, this right here is a bit of trivia that totally threw this movie for me completely. Okay. Scott is supposed to be 18. No. No. I mean, I knew the he actor was young. is 28. The actor okay. for Fran is 28. I figured they were in their late 20s, mid 20s. They're 18. They are supposed to be 17, 18. So Fran's dad reacting and being like, what are you doing here? Get away from my daughter. It's more believable knowing that she is possibly underage or 18. And um, Scott having a like eight year old. Eight year old and 10 year old siblings. One's not a sibling. Oh, I thought they're one. They're both. Because the, the little boy always refers to the mom as Mrs. Whatever. Oh, that's right. Yep. But. But the girl is like, mom, mom. Yeah. So, yeah, he's supposed to have like an eight or ten, maybe ten-year-old little sister. And we're like, uh, no. Yeah. (laughs) There's quite a spread in those things. There's a lot in this movie that is more understandable knowing that that Scott was supposed to be 18. Like his relationship with his parents, how he still lives at home. He relies on them a lot. Right. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff. He doesn't look 18. He doesn't. They almost didn't cast him because he was, he's 28. She sure doesn't. I mean, they look equivalent. 
I mean, to each other, right? Yeah, they. It's not unbelievable that they that fall in love, but yeah, yeah. But there are certain things. I'm like, why is her dad being so possessive? She's like in her late twenties. I know, like I can do what I want. Yeah, I'm like thirty. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Well, in real life, she is like 30, 28. So, yeah. yeah. So watching the movie, knowing that he, I, I read this trivia towards the end of the movie. I, I'd like to watch it again and just be like, oh, so that, that's why that happens. That's why he's so dependent. You know, not just dependent, but like. I don't know. He he his his attitude is like a teenager. It is, yeah. But he was written to be a teenager, so it makes sense. Yeah, but it doesn't. It fits the twenty eight year old too. I mean, yeah, it's not uh, it's not completely crazy because he's like kind of arrogant and mm-hmm. stuck up, especially yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and thinks he's all that because he's the king of the. Uh, yeah, which would be more believable if he's later twenties because if he's da- if he's won so much, you know, right. an eighteen year old's not as easy to take seriously. Yeah, he doesn't have the because history. Ken. The guy who owns the spa yeah. is like 25 years older than him. Yeah, he is. He's way old. His yeah. hair is amazing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're not, your hair's never going to be amazing like that. I like not your hair like the that. way it is. Unless you grow into a mullet and permit. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Bleach don't. Please don't. <laughs> the wig is not enough. <laughs> I bought Nolan a mullet wig. Did I a tell? Blonde a, bo- a blonde mullet wig. It's not even blonde. It's like got dark roots. So it's, well, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. That's how it would look if I heard it. Exactly. And it's a fa- it's a very nice mullet wig, and it's from Amazon. And he looks he smolders in it. I smolder in it. It's true. <laughs> very eighties. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, that's the trivia for the movie. Um, what are your takeaways? Um, I guess this th- this one point is like two points. Um, I don't want to say stick to the formula, but have a plan. Mm-hmm. Stick to it. I've n- mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. This is basically, you know, a, a typical romance movie. Yeah. And my other point is, it's just different enough that it was entertaining. Yeah. Well, they the, where they put the beats... Is slightly different from what you expect. Different from what I expected, but still within the framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't wreck everything. Yeah. Um, they didn't go so far away that it ruined the story. Yes. So there's my takeaways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can be formulaic, but then it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not. I mean, you can make it interesting and follow the formula exactly, but yeah. it, it's nice to know that you can move things around mm-hmm. more than maybe you think. Yeah. Or at least have a plan. Is like, if I put it here, what happens to my story? Yeah. Is it too soon? Yeah. Is it too late uh, to be impactful? When is the most impact? Mm-hmm. They paid attention to that and they put it where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Those are two takeaways then? Yeah. Okay. Like have a framework. But make sure you can, you know it well enough to push it to its limit yeah. mm-hmm. in order to get the most impact out of your story. That actually fits my first my first takeaway. And I have three takeaways because I wrote them back before we were doing two takeaways because we watched this a month and a half ago. <laughs> anyway, learn the rules so you can break them. Yeah, it's always good. To, always a good uh, advice. Yeah, because Scott knows all the rules. He knows the dancing. And then he's like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to break it. And it still works for him, kind of. Because he doesn't win, but he does he win may, in life. They don't really resolve whether he wins or not, because that's not what's important. important. No. The point of this is that he dances his own steps. And he gets the girl that he wants. He gets the girl, and yes, and everybody like likes it. Yeah. And that was the point. As it has a feel-good ending. Yeah. So learn the rules so you can break them. So, I mean, that includes like grammar rules. You know, there there are gra- like finding Forrester, starting a, pre- a sentence with a preposition. We learn in Forrester, finding Forrester, that that's okay occasionally, you know. But you need to understand the Because they the do rules. it for impact. Exactly. Not because they just randomly put it. Not because they don't know the rule. Yeah. Right. So learn the rules so you can break them. And then... Uh, the second takeaway is throw in a bit of corruption. Have fun with bad characters. Barry Fife <laughs> is corrupt. He's an over-the-top 
corrupt, uh, almost cartoonishly bad yeah. guy. Yeah, he's awesome. But this is a cartoonish kind of bad movie. guy movie. Or, yeah. So it's fine. He matches yeah. the tone of the movie, but he's definitely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with the, with the hair and the teeth and the. Oh geez, yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely corrupt, and he's he he rigs the the contest so that people certain people will win. You know, have fun with, with corruption. I learned that every politician <laughs> knows this already. Yes. They have fun all the time at our expense with corruption. Yeah, so go for it. Make your bad guys bad. Yeah, they need to be truly bad. Within, don't, I mean, don't... he didn't murder anyone. I no. mean, but within the context of this of the story, because yeah. so much hinges on winning this competition to the people involved. Yep, that. Corrupting it is the biggest deal to in this movie. Yeah, exactly. So okay, it has proper stakes. Yeah, for the movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, if he'd been murdering people, then that would be way. Yeah, way too this serious. is not a murder murder mystery no. show. It's a dance. Too, it's very show. lighthearted. Yeah. Okay, so then the last one is don't take yourself too seriously. Like I'm an author, I'm a professional. You know, if you can't have fun, why are you doing this? You know, if you can't enjoy what you're doing, and and you know, then then why do it? In this movie, you can tell they had fun. They had a lot of they fun, fun with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of funness to it. Very flamboyant, very over the top. But yeah, yeah, it has a similar feel to a, uh, an actual comedy. I mean, I don't know if they did a lot of improvisation like comedies usually do, or if it was just on the writing end. Yeah, but it feels kind of like extemporaneous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has that feel to it, whether yeah. that's true or not? We don't know. They managed to capture it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. And like while we're watching it, I'm like, they're taking this so seriously. And that's why I say that like every five minutes. <laughs> they're so ridiculous about it. But then I'm also not a dancer. So and I know dancers who do take it that seriously. Yeah, I know. But it's just funny because it's, it's like literally it's not a hobby. life or death. It's not at all. Yeah, because like you said, they have real jobs. That they, they have go there's, work there's a whole scene where you see where you see them talking about their dance competition. Mm-hmm. Like what well, it's coming up, but they're doing their normal jobs. Like one exactly. guy's changing a tire or something. Yeah, Wayne is changing it, yeah, doing car work. Yeah, and they're like, I can't, I'm working on the, you know, the stuff. It's like, can move. you believe that Scott was going to, he was dancing his fake steps? And Yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, we're going to get ready for this competition. I'm going to go back yeah. to this lady's groceries or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not life or death, but they act like it is. And so yeah. it's fun. It's a good movie if you've never seen it. It's quirky. And um, hopefully we're introducing people to movies that they wouldn't watch normally. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, broadening our horizons, it leads to better writing. Yeah. That's another takeaway. There you go. Watch watch something quirky and see if it, how it, how it helps you become a better writer. This podcast has a lot of value. <laughs> know, this one, this particular episode. This particular episode. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this episode. And okay. uh, any closing final thoughts from you? No, I think we covered everything. Where can people find you? Putting on my makeup for the competition. <laughs> and your gold sparkle jacket. Uh, well, no, I'm more of a, I'm more of a hair metal band guy. (laughs) So I've got some very tight studs on your shoulders and big mullet and tight leather pants with a white shirt unbuttoned to my belly button. And yes. And chest hair. Think warrant. You need to grow more chest hair. I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) Uh, Wait, you need to grow more chest hair said no woman ever. (laughs) uh, That was not true. Really? Oh, that's true. They they it was were a sign it was of virility. Very, yeah. yeah, it was very popular back in the day. Back in my day. Back in your day. Back in the the you weren't from the seventies. I'm sorry. I'm from that, the seventies. Those those uh, seven. No, no. How many months? Nine months don't count as you being that, from the seventies. I 70s. lived in that framework. In the <laughs> early eighties was a bleed over from there, and that's just what I was used to. Guys going to the pool, 
We always went to the pool. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom what? Hair? Boom hair everywhere. everywhere. Oh, <laughs> yes. And Every, nowadays hey, everybody shaves hairy, it all. Lots of hairy Navy guys mm-hmm. from the 70s mm-hmm. and early 80s. Where their mustaches extends to their oh, neck, yes. which extends to their chest hair. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just have to arbitrarily delineate. Like, <laughs> I think the line on my neck hair is going to be right here And it's today. just like this perfect scoop to fit their shirt. Yes. <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's good enough for today. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I'll be tweezing. I, I don't know. You'll be tweezing. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me, uh, patreon.com forward slash self-published strong, Andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It's a dollar. What is? Patreon. Oh yeah. Patreon, a dollar a month. Um, yeah. So we've got the guests coming up. We're going to be doing, like I said, um, Kevin J. Anderson is going to be our episode, our guest interview person. We don't do interviews. Guest. I'm sure it'll be slightly interviewee. Yeah. I don't know. We'll ask him lots of questions. Well, well he's going to be, I mean, we'll be able to have him, like, why did he pick Throw Mama from, exactly. from the train, yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. And then we'll be doing Michael Brent in February. I've asked a couple other authors, but just haven't actually, I mean, Tristy, my editor. Yeah, it'd be nice to have an editor on here. Yeah, Tristy is a... Also author. She's an author. She writes um, Western romance, and she makes pretty decent money doing it. I'm not going to throw out figures, but she's doing well. And um, we I asked her a couple months ago and she said, yes, we just, I'm just, our lives are just crazy right now. When she's in town, which is not all the time. Yeah. She comes down to February to town. No, she comes down almost once a week right now. Oh, does she? Mm -hmm. That's that's why I haven't been in a hurry because I'm like, if she's coming once a week, then let's get through a few projects first, like the flip house and all that, which by the way, the flip house, it is under contract. Do we already tell everybody that? It has been inspected. It's getting inspected tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So by the time they hear this, we'll have already gotten the results of the inspection and all the things that they want us to fix, which hopefully will be a short list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anyway. We hired some professionals to do stuff, so. Yeah. And the stuff that we did ourselves, everybody said, looked like professional work, which is good. Well, yeah, paint. (laughs) Paint in the hard floor? The hard, the flooring, yeah. Yeah, and I did a lot of plumbing and this underneath what you can't see, I had to fix a whole bunch of leaks. All right. Okay. I think we've rambled on enough now. Um, If you have any questions, yeah, like I said, go ahead and send me an email. And if you would like to request a movie, join our Patreon. Yeah. Support our Patreon and then give us your movie request. And if you think that there's a movie that other people could really learn from or that you would just like us to talk about. Yeah. Just to hear our take on whatever. See if you can find movies that we've never seen because, you know. The ones that are either really bad and teach a lesson or ones that are really good and teach a lesson. Yeah, exactly. Um, between the two of us, there's not a whole lot of movies out there that that we haven't seen because we have very wide differing tastes and a lot of overlapping tastes. We're both movie people, so. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.